Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lafondra looking to get side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to another Elm Park Royals preview show podcast in association with the Reading Chronicle. I'm joined, well, as always, but not for much longer by Matt Joy. How are you doing, Matt? Uh, yes, I'm good, mate. Thank you. And yeah, as you said, not on, on the preview for uh, for much longer, but I'm sure I'm sure you'll still hear and see my face here here and there. Yeah, I think you're going to be joining us for some post-match stuff, more as a fan and, and whatnot. Um, for those who don't know, you've announced that you're leaving the Chronicle. Um, do you have anything to say to your legions of fans? To my, uh, well, I, I'd have something to say to you as I don't have legions of fans. Um, but in terms of you know, the people who sent me messages I, when I put stuff on Twitter, I, I would, it'd be nice to just like say that I genuinely, genuinely appreciated it from the bottom of my heart. I, I was actually having a pretty rubbish day. Um, and uh, it, it, to, to feel that appreciated and, and you know, respected was was really, really moving. And uh, it's been a, it's been an absolute privilege to do the job, especially in the absence of supporters. So, uh, yeah, to, to hear that a few people think I've done a half decent job is, is lovely. And it's been an absolute blast. Well, from everyone at EPR, although, yeah, as I say, you might still be around. Like We all think you've done a cracking job and, and we thank you for being on the preview pod every week, even when it's not been going so great. But having said that, the last week hasn't been too bad. I mean, with hindsight, I think the QPR result probably feels a little bit more acceptable than it did right in the aftermath of it. Yeah, and there was obviously a lot going off on sort of off the pitch, which I think added to a lot of the frustrations. I think there was just a, it wasn't a particularly nice atmosphere. I didn't feel it was quite a, you could take, there was a lot of anger I felt in the atmosphere that started with, you know, the, the, the scenes off the off the field and, at, you know, at full time, you could tell the frustration was there. So, but yeah, as you said, in hindsight, I think they are one of the, you know, started the season really, really well and to get a draw against them. Uh, and to score three goals against a defence that had been performing really well up until that point, it, it's not the worst result. And then, um, obviously, the, the the win against Peterborough, which was which was very uh, very welcome indeed. I think, I think that the fact that we did win three one may have overshadowed the performance level of at some points in the game. Um, I'm not actually sure if it was yourself that tweeted. I, I saw someone basically saying something along that that line. I can't remember who it was. It may have been you. Um, that we were awful for long, long periods of that game. And we were helped by the fact that Peterborough was similarly awful. Um, however, you know, three moments of quality. I think even uh, TDB's first goal was a really, really good goal. 
Um, but those other two, my word, what, what what a pair of goals they were. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have, you know, if not strikers, the midfielders that can chip in with goals, be it from mm. 20 yards or, or five yards. It doesn't really matter in the end, as long as the ball ends up in the back of the net. Um, John Swift, again, pretty integral. Like, it, he has to stay fit, I feel, for the for Reading to keep on this run. Yeah, on this run, as if as if we've scored loads of points, but or this improvement in performance, at least. I think he, he's integral certainly to, to Reading's attack, looking a lot more threatening. Um, obviously, with the, the the number of injuries that we've got, you know, you need someone in that midfield to step forward, um, and and John Swift has done exactly that. He is, you know, a, a spectacular player on his day, and full credit to him because he's not shied away from the responsibility. He's you know, against Coventry, he took the penalty. He's he's always seems to be there in and around everything good that Reading do going forward uh, or has done at the start of this season. Um, but uh, I think there's a, a few other things are starting to tick. I mean, I think, as we said, TDB, I think he, he looked good when he you know, first came to the club. But I think now he's, you know, settled in and he can see that he's got a relationship building with players like Swift in that midfield. I thought Pushkas was... I know that we're not, you know, the, the debate could rain long into the night, but it, to be honest, I think if you, what, the one thing with George Pushers, I think, is if you look at it on the other side, if you play Lucas Shaw up front on his own and all you did was throw balls into the channel, he would probably look very poor, which is how Pushkas looks when you, you know, thump out to his chest or his head because he's not that ilk of striker. And I think in the last couple of games, Reading have utilised those wider areas. They've kept the ball on the floor. They've allowed to play it to his feet, you know, knock it off to, to someone out on the wing and, and spin and make that run. And he's looked good, I think. He's looked really good, really sharp and full of energy. So he's not got the goal, but I think Pushkas is looking a lot better. And um, I thought defensively, Reading, Reading looked good as well on um, on Tuesday night, which is not, certainly not something that we've said many times. And I thought Tom Holmes and, and Luke Southwood especially, uh, especially, actually, I'd say Tom Holmes because obviously, you know, he's come off the bench to try and hold on to wins or hold on to a draw, and that can't be good for the confidence. Keep coming on, and you know, <laughs> ultimately seeing seeing points dissipate in front of your eyes. But he came in and looked like a calm head, um, and it looked really good. So, yeah, there, there's certainly signs of improvement, sort of all around the team. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, the one negative to the game on Tuesday is probably that Liam Moore injury. Um, I think he's put on Instagram that it's not quite as bad as first feared, but it, I, I think he's still going to be out for a while. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, that's the the understanding I've got. I haven't spoken to Panovic since the game or, or, or you know heard any more. Um, however, Panovic said it, it didn't look like a simple injury, and he, he left the left the stadium on crutches. Um, but as you said, um, he, he put the statement the statement up on on. Instagram last night, I've actually got it to hand. So it's counting my blessings. The injury isn't as bad as it could have been, just another bump on the road. And then there's, you know, the, the generic stuff about being positive. But it looks like, yeah, it doesn't look as bad as first feared. And whatever you want to say about his performance levels, he is the club captain. And, you know, he is a, a vital cog of that team when he's on his game. So hopefully he can come back uh, stronger. And hopefully we won't be waiting as long as first feared to see him return. Yeah, I mean, I know, um, obviously, because it was a midweek game, a lot of people watched it on Sky and um, saw maybe the replays where it looks atrocious challenge. Mm. I, in the stadium, like, it felt very innocuous because he, he slipped into it. But for Peterborough to end the game with 11 men felt lucky because there were a couple of other challenges that also could have been, you know, mm. overstepping the mark. And 
and also that's where the injury stuff comes in um obviously yes in training it's a bit annoying but you can't can't anticipate someone coming in and sliding into your center back like that and Panovic must be must be pretty furious I imagine I mean he's furious most of the time anyway but he's, he's not so. in fairness to him he, he's not he, he, I think he, the thing is with Panovic I think often sometimes what he says doesn't translate particularly well onto social media and just given the intonations of you know voice patterns and stuff but he, he was obviously frustrated to get another injury and he didn't want to discuss too much more about it um but yeah you, you can't really you can't expect that is going to happen you know you also can't expect that your goalkeeper's going to injure himself punching a whiteboard it's it's just one of those things where you do think well when it rains it pours it's just you the, the panovich just can't catch a break at the moment it just so to he was clearly frustrated at the end of the game but then again he was also you know quite definitively you know proud of his team for to making the improvements they've made and you know, he, he made a very good point that he, um, I think one thing that it didn't get as much traction on social media as I think some of you know the other uh, comments that he made. But when he said about Tom Deli Basher, he, um, you know, he's been here about a month now and he's settled in and now you're seeing the best of him. Panovic said that that's going to be the case with a lot of the players, you know, that they're going to take time to gel in, meet their new teammates, learn the system, learn the tactics. And I think you could certainly make a good case that Barbara Rahman, has come in and done that straight away. And uh, Tom Deli Basher has done that as well. You know, we, we haven't seen as much of some of the other new signings, uh, as we all know, but it might take a bit of time to get this season up and running. Um, but yeah, you, you you have to win games like that, even if you have, you know, a thin squad, because I thought Peterborough were absolutely terrible. And that's nothing against them as a club or as against... I, I did actually meet Barry Fry outside the ground, one of the, my great characters. You know, nothing against him as a club, but I thought they were woeful on the day. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that also helps TVB is um, playing in a more natural position. I don't know whether he is a, you know, attacking midfielder or a defensive midfielder, like people at Watford don't like seem to say he got mm. used everywhere. But he's probably not a left winger. And um, bringing him back into that central partnership I think has helped him. Would you say? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, he's you know diminutive. He's uh, he's good on the ball. He's good at getting the ball out of tight areas. Quite like Oviajari in that sense. But I think what I really like about him is his bravery. He, he's very willing to lose the ball and you know take those risks. I think so often I've I found this season one of the most frustrating aspects about watching Reading is you see them get to you know the edge of the area and then it's a pass from Ajari to Pushkas and then one over to Yeadom and then it's a cross. And it, you just want someone to just you know take take the game by the scruff of the neck, as John Swift has done. And I thought as Tom uh, Deli Bashery did against uh, Peterborough, you know, with that, his second goal especially, I think not many players, maybe, maybe now they would, but certainly, you know, if you look at the Huddersfield game, for example, I think if any, be, any other players had been in that spot against Huddersfield when 3-0 down, no one was having a shot because the confidence was that low. But he seems willing to you know, to, to take those risks and he, he might have ballooned it over the bar or he might have produced what he produced and, and thankfully it was the latter. So I think we need a bit more of that. I think there's been a bit too much cautiousness going forward. Even though we have scored goals, sometimes it's just... You just think you need someone to be, to be brave and I think that's one thing I've been really, really happy with him. And as you said, I think he is much better in those central areas linking up with, with John Swift. Yeah, and um, a word on Luke Southwood, who I thought was pretty good. Do you think he'll uh, keep his place uh, for the Fulham game? 
Well, I think it'd be a, certainly a penny for his thoughts if he didn't. I mean, yeah, as you said, he was he was fantastic. I thought he made a couple of really good acrobatic stops. Um, he, he did he did drop the ball, I think, for a cross late on, but that was the only thing I remember thinking. Ooh, that's a bit, you know, bit of squeaky bum time. But um, now the rest of it, I was very very impressed with his performance. I thought he um, communicated with the back four well. He, he seemed to, you know, be happy to say you you're going there. You know, he was making those barking out orders, and he had a very good game. Um, you know, Raphael. I think he, he does blow hot and cold for me. I think, you know, he can make some incredible saves, but then some games he'll let one, you know, go through him at the near post and then he'll take three goal kicks and all of which will go out for throw-ins. So I think, with the, I think with Southwood's performance, the most promising thing is I think Raphael may feel like he has a competitor now, I think, and that might help both of those, um, you know, in turn, because I think perhaps Raphael has had it a little easy with the lack of options or the lack of willingness to change it around, because I think over the last year, he's done some brilliant things, but I think there maybe could have been, a you know, an argument here and there to to maybe rotate. Yeah, and like Southwood didn't have the best outing at the end of last season against Huddersfield, and I think he'll feel that he gave a better, you know, performance of, of what he can do, and it's just nice to as you say, to have that option, like I'm, I would expect Raphael to come back in if he's fit, um, if his hand is healed, I think, whatever, yeah. whatever he did to it. I would say that purely given who we're playing, I would say you probably want as much experience in that team as possible. Um, I think Fulham will have a lot of the ball, a lot of the ball in the final third, you know, a lot of crosses coming into the box. You probably want someone... I would want someone who's got as much experience as possible in those situations. And also, I remember Raphael having an absolute blinder at Craven Cottage a couple of years back when Charlie Adam got the goal and got the win. Great away day that was. Um, I think it was a New Year's Day one, if memory serves me right. Um, so, we've, you know, that's what we he can bring to the team. And maybe he also might be inspired, you know, by, by Southwood's performance to, to produce those levels. Uh, and uh, talking of team selection do we think that uh dan or Drinkwater are in contention yet or i know uh that as as you kind of alluded to pauno sort of touched on it but mm. uh, yeah i'm not sure if they'll they're they're gonna start or even yeah, so, make the bench this time so the situation with them i think again it's one of those that perhaps hasn't translated brilliantly you know on social media it, it's not that they're unfit it's just that you know with all the injuries that panovic has, has faced at the start of the season these reinforcements, he needs them to be fit, and he doesn't want to, you know, bring them in when they're maybe eighty percent fit, and then get the injury. So it's not that they, you know, can't run five minutes without stopping and throwing up. It's they, they, they're obviously in much better physical condition than I am, for example. But uh, Panovic doesn't want to take that risk yet, and and risk, you know, losing that option. So as for Saturday, your guess is as good as mine. Truthfully, it depends on how they've worked over the last few days. I think we're more likely to see them on the bench before they start, if that makes sense. I don't think any either of them will go straight in. Um, I don't think I think it would probably be drink water out of the two, who I'd be more like I think more likely to see purely based on I think Tom Holmes, you know, came in and, and showed a, a decent performance on, on um Tuesday night, and I think he'll he'll get the get the nod. Whereas Drinkwater, perhaps if Renamoto is also not quite there yet. He might get a spot on the bench, but I think it's it's a case of just waiting and seeing. Yeah, like yeah, and 
I think that we played well enough on it. Well, Tuesday night uh, against Peterborough felt very much like shut down the opposition. And maybe that was almost in, you know, in preparation for this Fulham match, because like you, I don't think that we're going to see a lot of the ball and it's going to be quite, well, I want to say cagey. It won't be cagey from a Fulham's perspective, but um, what what do you think is going to happen? how and I'm, my mind's going back to Nick on the post match on Tuesday saying, Oh, he's going to be optimistic and only go for a 4 0 defeat. Um, do you think that Reading are going to get blown away here? I don't think, no, I don't think the Reading will get blown away. Um, I, I think against Peterborough, yeah, it was dismal in the first half, but again, conversely, Panovic said that you know he wanted to control the game and then in the second half win the game I think it was you know more or less that was the that was the basic message and you know you have to say that that's what Reading did um even if it wasn't the prettiest at times but I think you know, plain and simple Fulham have got a better team it's you know that's how it happens in sports sometimes Fulham have just come down and they've got a fantastic squad and I just think that they'll be too good um I don't think they'll blow Reading away I think the thing is I think even if Reading played to the fullest of their capabilities they do well to get anything out of it anyway so I think it'll be a defeat by maybe a couple of goals. Yeah, I think I said 3-0 to Fulham. Um, yeah, 2 or 3-0. However, I'm not there, so who knows? It may be a 4-0 Reading win. That was my luck, so hopefully... It would be that, nice, wouldn't it? Oh, my only issue is, like, as we saw against Peterborough in that first half, if if we start sitting too deep and Puskas becomes isolated, I think it becomes very difficult for us to move up the pitch. Um, yeah. And we and it's not just against Peterborough; it's happened. It's happened a few times, and it has happened with Lucas Zhao on the field as well. Like, yeah, it, I, just, I completely agree with that. It's it's that that is a balance that Paunovic needs to get. I mean, he, he when he bought uh, off, I believe he bought off Pushkas on Tuesday night, um, and he's done that before when Reading are trying to see out games. That you know you take off your attacking options to try and shore up the defence. Okay, it worked on Tuesday, but it hasn't worked previously against Stoke against Coventry. And I think Reading are at their best when they are at least trying to be on the front foot. I think that's, or certainly have been this year. So I think the worst thing that Reading could do at Craven Cottage on Saturday would be to try and keep the clean sheet from the first minute. Because I thought when Reading, I remember when Reading won against Fulham up at Craven Cottage a couple of years back, um, or last year, I think it may have been actually. God, that doesn't seem that long ago. But um, yeah, I thought, you know, they were brave and they, they, so you know they attacked Fulham. I don't think Fulham were expecting it. I think they went into a two two nil lead in the first half, and it was it was brilliant. And there is a tiny part of me that thinks they might do that again. Just as I said, approach it as a free hit and think right, we're going to attack. And if we lose five two five three, oh well, you know that. I think that that's how I would go. Go for the gung ho approach. I wouldn't do it in every game, but I think against Fulham, it's got nothing else to lose. So you've got nothing to lose. So. May as well go for it. Yeah, and I think uh, against QPR, we did see glimpses of a team that could be quite good. Like, maybe they're not going to challenge Fulham, but it would be nice if, yeah, as you say, just a bit more attacking intent mm. um, rather than trying to soak up everything. Maybe, maybe that's the problem now with fans back. We're less accepting of, of that kind of style of football. Um, and on that note of, mm. you know, da- is that downcast? It's not quite downcast, is it? But I think- I think it's it's you know you go to football to be entertained and if the team that you're there supporting aren't don't appear to be keen on 
you know, providing much entertainment, you're under, you're understandably frustrated by that. So I wouldn't say yeah. that's going to be Exactly. Well, thank you very much, Matt. Um, I've just realised it's a podcast of Matt's today because we will be talking to Matt from the Fulham Focus podcast who will talk us through uh, what's going on at Craven Cottage now. I'm here with another Matt, like obviously the best name, uh, from the Fulham Focus podcast. How are you doing, Matt? Yeah, I'm well, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Um, Football-wise, probably not not as good as you're doing. Uh, Obviously, you had that slip up last weekend, but uh, on the whole, Fulham seem to be doing okay this season. Yeah, yeah, much better than last season when we had just a, a terrible time in the Premier League, and that's that's kind of the way it goes for us. We're up and down like a yo-yo. We have one good season in the Championship and then a terrible one in the Premier League, and and so it goes. But things feel a little bit different this time. Um, you know, we've 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 got we've got a decent manager whose stock was quite low when he came to us after the fiasco at Everton. So I think um, I think he's going to stick around this time at Fulham for a while and try and rebuild his reputation and rebuild rebuild this football club. And it would be nice if if we do get promoted this season if we can actually stay up for once because it's it gets a bit boring the the predictable pattern, doesn't it? So, um, but the, the team this season look look very very good. It's made up mostly of very similar players to the ones that Scott Parker took up two seasons ago. But he's got them playing in a different way. He's making use of the attacking players. And uh, whereas Scott Parker was very much defend, 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 nick a goal, chuck a couple of defenders on for the last 20 minutes and hope for the best. When, you know, when you've got attacking players like, I don't know, Caviero, Knockart, which is who he had at his disposal. Um, we haven't used Knockart this season much, but uh, Mitrovic, you know, Harry Wilson, Go for the juggler. These are some of the best attacking players at this level, so you might as well use them to the full advantage. And and that's why we've got some good results this season, aside from the slip-up at Blackpool last weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think I would love to be in the position that you guys are in, just, just yo-yoing between Championship mm. and Premier League. But, you know, oh yeah, I'm sure that's just a real struggle for you guys. Um, as you say, some some good attacking players. And uh, you, you have also been good defensively, right? Like You've not conceded more than one in any of your games so far. Yep, we've got a new goalkeeper, Paolo Gazaniga, who was formerly uh, the reserve keeper at Spurs. Um, otherwise, we've got a very similar defence again to the one um, that, we, that we had last season and the season before. We we had Jockey Anderson on loan from Leon last season, who who didn't want to sign sign for us in the Championship and went to Crystal Palace in the end. But otherwise, we've got uh, Tassina as a Rabio. Um, we've got Tim Ream, who's been at the club for, for donkey's years and performed exceptionally well at championship level every time. Um, and we've got Anthony Robinson and Joe, Joe Bryan fighting out for the left back spot. Um, our right back, Kenny Tete, Dutch international. He's injured at the moment. So we've got Dennis Adoy again, vastly experienced at this level. So, but, but I don't think it's so much about the, the personnel that we've got at the back, but just the way that we attack and defend as a team. We're, we're, we look, we look very good at this level. The best I've seen us for a long time, for sure. Yeah, like, let, let's cut to the chase. How confident are you that you will go up this season with, with the squad? Obviously, like Mitrovic seems to be finding the goal and and with that defence, are you pretty confident? Yeah, I mean, uh, when we've been recording our podcast this season, it's been verging on the cocky, to be honest, which doesn't sit that 
that well with me, but I, I can't help it. I can't help it because we've we've looked exceptionally good in the games that I've seen us. Um, you know, last night we we played Birmingham, who you know have, have made a pretty good start to the season. We didn't really get out of second gear, and we hammered them four one. Um, and Stoke as well, who was second when they came to us a couple of weeks ago, uh, undefeated just before the international break at the end of August, and we comfortably beat them three 0 It could have been six or seven. So it, we we do look very, very good at this level, but I, I think we should look good at this level because of the players that we've got. Um, and, it, and it just goes to show how good we could have been under Scott Parker had he deployed slightly different tactics. I mean, we went up and, you, you know, it, it almost seems weird me sitting here and saying that that season was pretty boring to watch. We were, we were, had a lot of the ball that season and were winning the games 1-0, not creating many chances. And all right, you're winning games and loads of teams were killed to be in that position where they're just winning games all the time. Um, but now we're winning games and, and we're winning well. And, and that's why it's, it's very entertaining to watch. So how confident am I that we'll go up? At the moment, I'm confident. I've, I've not seen anything to, to make me worry that, that we're not going to go up this season. Um, but time will tell, you know, we, we have got the, the Blackpool performance from last weekend in our locker, for example. So, you know, if, if a few of them and you, you're looking over your shoulder thinking, is this going to happen? Are we going to drop into the playoffs? But it shouldn't happen. We've, we've got players that mean that, that that shouldn't happen. Yeah, I mean, what went wrong at Blackpool? It's you only lost so far. Um, I don't want to overanalyze one game too much, but um, was, was there anything that stuck out to you? Um, well, there, there are a few reasons or, or excuses that you could use. Fabio Carvalho, who's been absolutely superb since he's he's come into the team towards the end of last season. He's just an 18-year-old, um, but he's looked absolutely outstanding. He's the heartbeat of the side. He's a big part of our attack. He scores goals. He makes goals, creates chances. He He's injured at the moment. He also missed the game at Birmingham last night. So, again... You can't really attribute that to anything. Harry Wilson was also missing last weekend because he got concussion whilst on international duty with Wales. He was back last night. So that's potentially something as well. Um, and then Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson had been away with the US and had only got back um, the day before. So perhaps there was a bit of jet lag there. But we've got a squad to deal with that sort of thing. So, you know, you, if, if you're going to blame anyone, blame the manager. We, we had a lot of the ball. We had 70% possession at Blackpool. Uh, created plenty of chances from distance though Blackpool did defend very well and the goal that, that lost us the game was a mistake by Jean-Michel Serri he gave the ball away in midfield and then Josh Bowler picked the ball up Anthony Robinson backed away backed away backed away and just you know after you three you go have a shot a goal three shot a goal and, and that, that was that was what cost us the game but I still felt like we'd get back in the game, even when they scored. We were, we, you know, we we looked dominant enough, but we just didn't create enough good chances in that game, and were deservedly beaten. I'm just trying to find your fixture list um, because so far you haven't really played, you know, the promotion contenders that, well, preseason anyway, promotion contenders mm. that you'd expect. Um, do do you think that you'll be able to deal with um, those sort of teams like obviously Bournemouth and um, I've forgotten everything West Brom West Brom and Bournemouth do you think do you think you're a better team than those two? Yeah, Sheffield United were the other ones at the start of the season, weren't they? And they've made well, a yeah, diabol start, diabolical <laughs> start. Um, but Bournemouth that'll be a tasty one. I think we're playing them in December. Um, that'll be Scott Parker coming back to the cottage. So it'll be really interesting to see how we've come on and how he's brought Bournemouth on. Um, 
but I'm confident we'll beat Bournemouth. The um, the thing that West Brom have got is that long long throw by Furlong, which worries me a little bit. We can be sometimes a little bit susceptible to crosses, but then I think uh, did I read a stat earlier that Birmingham put a cross into the box once every every three minutes last night, and Tosina Rabayo was just dealing with everything and anything that went past him was dealt with by the keeper. So. I don't know. Um, I haven't seen West Brom play for 90 minutes this season. I haven't seen Bournemouth play for 90 minutes this season. But at, at this level, the way we're playing at the moment, I'm, I'd be confident we could beat anybody. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to say you've got an easy run of fixtures coming up when they include Reading, but you do probably have a fairly easy run of fixtures coming up. Um, and obviously, you've already won, uh, I think it's six out of the last seven or something, um, including the Cup. Uh, do you think you're just going to steamroll and just just smash everything in your in your path or do you think there will be struggles at some point there'll definitely be struggles that that would be incredibly arrogant for me to sit here and after the season that we just had in the premier league for me to then sit here and say we're going to smash everybody out of sight we're going to blow everybody out of the water we've had some good results so far we had the 4-1 at birmingham last night we had the 5-1 at huddersfield um at the start of the season as well uh, and like I said, we've beaten Stoke 3-0 at home when, when you know, they were unbeaten. But again, we, we lost at Blackpool. So every now and then, t- teams are going to lose. You know, even when even when you guys went on your record-breaking season all those years ago and got 106 points, you must have lost a few games. So we'll, we'll lose some games, undoubtedly. Um, but it's how, how we react to those defeats. And that was the important thing against uh, Birmingham, actually. Um, because we we just lost our first game of the season against Blackpool, how would we react? And we've come out and we've won 4-1. So it, it goes to show that the character of this side is strong as well as the you know the performances on the pitch, which, which I'm happy about. But yeah, there, there'll be blips along the way for sure. It's a championship. Everybody can beat anybody can beat anybody on their day, can't they? Yeah, I think we lost twice in that season, and one mm. of them was on the opening day. So was it? it yeah, it was interesting. Like. Oh, oh. I'd love to have had Twitter after that opening day and then <laughs> yeah. probably probably would have uh, changed slightly. Um, one of the things that I am quite interested in uh, in your take on is obviously this idea that Fulham have just almost bought the league and put so much money in and there's all this brouhaha around the Harry Wilson deal. Do, do you think that's a fair critique? Not really, no. I think... Um... I think the parachute payments are there for a reason. Uh, I think when you get promoted to the Premier League, you receive a vast sum of money and you either spend it and compete and try and stay up or you do what Norwich do. Don't bother spending it. Keep it in your pocket and get relegated every season. That's that's what happens with Norwich every year, um, certainly in more recent years. We have a go. We spend the money and we try and stay up. And all right, Tony Khan, our director of football, who's the owner's son, hasn't always spent it in the right areas and you know we're, the results are there for everybody to see we've, we've been relegated both times we've been promoted in the past few years um, but then if you spend all that money to compete when you go up then you can't just not have any money to spend in in the next season because you the the bottom will fall out of your club so there needs to be that that kind of cushion the, the real problem here is having to spend that money in the first place to compete because the the amount of money in the premier league is so obscene but that's that's the conversation for another day um but the yeah the the amount of money that you get when in parachute payments i, I think you're entitled to spend it and there's so many teams you know three teams get relegated from the premier league each season and i won't have it that the people from those clubs moan that we bought we we bought our way to success because well what did you do when you came down 
you know what, what did reading do when you when you came down did you did you spend those did you use that money wisely or, or not Pro- probably not because you're still down and that's the same with a lot of these clubs as well the harry wilson deal in particular um that's structured in a in a slightly different way i think the fees rumored to be 11 12 13 million whatever um but some of that money's being offset against what liverpool owes for harvey elliott so you know it's it's maybe getting around financial fair play slightly i i don't know i, I don't know exactly how the deal structured but i know that there's some involvement with with that fee and you know the, the other players we've we've just been really fortunate to hang on to some of our key players like alexander mitrovic signing a new contract amazing but then we've we've offloaded um zambo Angisa um to napoli i think on loan for the season but he signed a contract extension so you know i think we've just been very coy about it this time uh whereas you know a couple of years ago maybe not so much yeah i mean I don't want to say um, the second tier podcast have have got on people's nerves before, but it, it does feel like they drive some of this, and they're, they're you know they're, they're getting their views, they're they're doing what they need to do. Um, I think like Reading personally, like as you as you said, we we probably tried to do it and just just failed really. And even mm. even in this embargo, you have to look at some of the deals we've done and the way that we've structured it. And I don't think us or really any other club can can really complain when it, it, like it's not a derby situation if you're not breaking the rules and those rules are there to you know be it's sort of like formula one isn't it marginal gains everywhere and, and you yeah. push it to the extremes until someone says stop um mm. but yeah that, that's my personal view anyway um well turning our attention to the actual match um are you expecting to to do- dominate the ball like um only Stoke and uh, Birmingham actually looking at you've had 50% possession, but you've had 50% and over in every match so far. And I imagine that will continue this weekend. Yeah, I think so. We're, we're very good at keeping the ball. We've got some, we, we play a, a four, three, three and have two players sat in front of uh, the defense. Quite who those two players will be this weekend. I'm not sure because it Seri will be one of them. Um, but we've had Josh Onoma there. He he was swapped out with Nathaniel Chalaber, who we've just signed from Watford. Harrison Reed, one of our best players from the Premier League season last season. And then the season before that, when we got promoted as well, he plays there. So I don't know who those two players, it'll be it'll be two out of, out of those. And then depending on whether or not um, Fabio Carvalho's fit as well, he'll play in the, the more kind of attacking role as a number 10. Um, but yeah, we, we play... We're very quick on the counter attack, and um, and we're very difficult to get the ball off for, for sure. So that's that's why our stats are so high, um, and and I, I would expect that to happen on on uh, on Saturday. It happened against Blackpool, as I said, but we just didn't use it well enough. So hopefully we will this 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 weekend and and steamroller onto another another three points. But who knows? Like I said, it's a championship, and anybody can beat anybody on their day. What one thing that worries me always with this Reading team at the minute are set pieces. So how how are you at those? Are, are you going to crucify us uh, as multiple teams have done already so far? Over the years, the past few years, we've been horrendous at corners. We our conversion rate from corners has just been next to nothing. But this season so far, Harry Wilson and and Seri are taking the corners, and we've scored a few already. We got we got one last night through Dennis Adoy. We got one against Stoke just off the top of my head. Um, and Harry Wilson's meant to be a, um, a free kick master as well. I don't, I don't remember having any free kicks kind of on the edge of the box so far this season, but 
but yeah, set pieces we're we're all right at them at the moment as well. That's not great to hear, to be honest. Well, <laughs> that's that's probably going to hurt us then. Um, what do you think the score is going to be as the final wrap up? Like oh, uh, you, you've said, you don't want to be too confident, but go on, you, you are, aren't you? Oh, do you know what? Last last week when when we recorded our show, we did the Blackpool preview going away to Blackpool, and I said we're going to win this four 0 no problem. And then I went on to a um, a Blackpool podcast. And I said, well, I can't say 4-0 behind your back and then not to your faces. So I said we were going to go up there and win 4-0. And obviously we lost 1-0. So I, I expect they they looked back on that and thought, yeah, have that. Um, this week, I went on our podcast last night and said 5-0. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'll be a bit more reserved um, in front of you guys. And I'll, I'll say I think we'll win 3-1. Oh, I think I um, I went for a 3-0 win. Um, when on the article on on your site, um, which I'm assuming will be out by the time that this is out, um, three 0 win to Fulham. That is not to Reading. Right. I'm not not expecting Reading to <laughs> to win. Um, I just I can't see it happening. We played better midweek, but I don't think that we've fully turned the corner yet. So I think you're most bit, people see this as a free hit. To be honest, you're a bit of a bogey team to us, though. Um, as I said before, we came on. Um, I, I live in Reading, and um, I, I've I've always got my eye on this game. And there's been a few times at the cottage, like last time out on New Year's Day, just before lockdown, you you beat us. Um, there's been a few times at the cottage. You were relegated in the Premier League a few years ago, came and beat us. Um, and there, there was one a, a few years ago, even before that, when we had a player sent off Ian Pearce inside the first five minutes and, and you, you scored the penalty and beat us 1-0. So um, more more so at the cottage, I think, than than, a, um, than at your place. I can't even remember what your ground's called anymore. I still call it the Medeski, but I know it's got some fancy sponsor name now, hasn't it? Yeah, Select Car Leasing. Ah, rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Select yeah, just, Car Leasing. Just beautiful. Like, um, Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because... My memories of going to Fulham, other than the playoff win, um, draw? But did we draw? Yeah, it's one all. Yeah, that one. We drew it for, yeah, and then won it the Medeski. Yeah. I'd still call it the Medeski as well. But yeah. um, is the 5 0 um, that you beat us, and then the 4 2 where we were 2 0 up and just yeah, fell apart, and that's where Steve Clark's Reading career kind of went downhill from. Your your favourite player, you guys, Lucas Pearson, scored for you that day, didn't he? Yeah, he did. It was a really nice move as well, that. Yeah. Oh, there was a 3-3 in the Premier League back in the day where uh, I think it was it Ruiz scored in the final final minute or something. Oh, it was yeah. Bertov that scored in the final minute and Ruiz scored a free kick earlier on. Oh, mate, there's been some good Fulham-Reading games, to be fair. Like, if... If Saturday's like that, then I think we'll be fine. Well, yeah. I, I, we'll lose, but I'll, I'll enjoy it nevertheless. Yeah. Are, you, are you coming? Are you coming up? Yes, yes. Nice. Uh, we've, nice. I, we've sold out our, our timing allocation. So Superb. That'll be a good day. Should be a good be day. A good, good day, good day, definitely. Well, well, Matt, thank you very much for talking to us. Um, I, I'm not going to wish you luck because I, I think you don't need it. And I think I said this to someone else the other day and they went and smashed us as well. So, yeah, um, good luck for the rest of the season, at least. Cheers. Same to you. Thanks, mate.